What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Clarabel A. Ortega. I'm Ryan Lasella, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. Before we get started, if you want to find us on social media, we're at anchor at anchor.fm slash badauthorbookclub. Our Twitter is at badauthorpod. You can find us on Instagram at badauthorbookclub, and our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. Woo! Oh my god, welcome back, hot queens. It is so good to see all of you. And we really need to give a profound thank you to Clarabelle for recording today because Clarabelle's <laughs> not feeling very well, yeah. but is here anyways. I've got the suds. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not the suds. Well, I don't think that this episode is going to make you feel any better because having read no. this, my god, we are in for it today. It is. It, it I think this is this chapter is actually what got me sick. It infected me. <laughs> it's truly, truly horrifying. Today's episode is chapter thirty-five, Deco. Ugh, even saying that makes me angry. Yeah, I mean, now that I know why. what it means, <laughs> yeah, you'll see why in a second. But yeah, kick us off. So we start off with the morning sun blazing brightly, and I almost did this. Which is go back and see how every chapter begins because so many chapters mm-hmm. start with the mm-hmm. sun or like some sort of weather related thing. Tookie opening her eyes to the sunlight. She's it is waking a, up in the morning. Yeah, thinking about so many things. And it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's a lot of that. Um so everyone's talking about uh Zarpeza, because if you listen to the last episode, that's the one where Zarpeza like started having like flashbacks and was hallucinating and locked herself in right. the in the refrigerator. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so they're trying to like figure out where she is, like what happened to her. And I just want to like point out like the dialogue is never strong in this book, but in this particular chapter, it is really, really bad. And the yeah. moment I knew that was going to happen was when Piper says she did appear to be a danger to herself and others. Like, nobody talks like that, much less a teenager. I don't care how smart they are. Like, that's something, that's like a description, like a medical term or like something that a therapist says (laughs) right like you would only say that if that was the punchline and you're like a sassy gay sitcom character you know right like a general hospital type of thing so silly so like wooden the dialogue here dylan says something along the lines of like well i hope they put zarp oppressa in like wild animal restraints like the pity for zarpesa has never been less in model land after witnessing a like nervous breakdown that was like egged on by everybody tookie included zarpesa has been dragged off the hospital and we are left with everybody who like is now standing in the uncommon room hours later as if like Time hasn't passed at all talking about what just happened. So, like, I yeah. this, like, elastic sense of time. But, yeah, no, you're right. And Tookie, like, is congratulating herself for, again, for, like, denying that she didn't say anything. Like, we get a little quick reminder that she did the right thing there, which she didn't. And then, who should 
knock on the window. <laughs> Someone knocks on the window and it's fucking Bravo. Yeah, and he it's literally says he was rapping on the front window. Bravo was standing in the bushes. I can't. The second he showed up, I was like, not, please, like, please hide all baby fingers. Like, I don't need any finger sucking in this chapter. Oh, too bad. Too bad. (laughs) So he's there and he's like, my favorite Bella or whatever. Disgusting. And the girls are like freaking out. They're swooning. They're saying like, oh my gosh, like we can't have a boy in the dorm. Like that's totally illegal. And who says, I forget who says this, but they're like, oh my God, like we can't have any boys, especially not any fine, sexy tenders like Bravo. So we're uh, already starting with like this. Yeah. Go figure it still. Like the sex and food like wires have already been crossed and we're just going to jump right into the ensuing scene, which you can tell is going to be a hot and steamy one. Yeah, it's a mess. And then Tookie, it's the lack of like continuity. Like Tookie is like, oh, who cares? Like, what does it matter if we get in trouble? Like, you guys are literally supposedly afraid of getting killed at like any (laughs) moment. So like, actually, it does matter if you get in trouble. And like the fact that she suddenly doesn't care is so stupid and so sort of like indicative of like, Tyra just doing whatever she needs to in the moment to make the scene go her way. And like, this is why sometimes you might hear authors say like, my characters told me to, or like push the story in a different direction. Right. It's because when you have a well-developed character, you have to think of what are the odds of this, them actually doing this. Right. Tookie has been like mousy and afraid this entire book. Now, all of a sudden she's really scared of getting killed. So the more, in character thing would have been for Tookie to like run away from the window, not to shrug it off. That would have been better for like Chase or Zarpeza, someone who is like sort of in control and like knew themselves from the very beginning and was sort of really confident and like brush things off, but yeah. not Tookie. So it's just like bad characterization and not being yeah. consistent with what your character would actually do in that right, moment. Right. Like, Suddenly she doesn't give a fuck. Suddenly right. she's like this thing that, uh, and we never really believed that she actually was in fear. Cause again, she's not acting like it in any other chapter. Right. But suddenly like Tyra's outright let go of that like plot thread and instead is using it to make sense of Tookie being like, yeah, come on in. And this is such a, like a, a, a low point for me in the chapter because she invites him in. She's like, oh, don't worry. Like, come on in. Like, let's break the rules. And the girls, like the other girls that she's friends with, they're like, well, we were just leaving anyways. They leave. So now we've got this, like, you know, this moment. Finally, they're alone. Our, like, two love interests are, like, alone. And it's, like, just this really empty room, right, that they're in. And this could have been so cool, right? Like, had they been sneaking out? Had they been hiding? Had they had to, like, take shelter at the testosterone dorms during the escape routine? Like, that's how you kind of pressurize two love interests into having kind of a interesting conversation when they really kind of have to say what they need to say to one another right because there's peril all around them and this might be the only time that they've got that chance but instead literally he like it's sort of like the sleepwalking thing tyra just like picks up this doll walks him up to the window lets him in finds an excuse to banish everyone else from the room so that they can have this moment in the most uninteresting way possible it's like negative creativity yeah, it's and negative tension. Like it would have been so much negative more interesting <laughs> if like if like somehow Bravo had like snuck her a note and told mm-hmm. her like meet me in this like garden and like suddenly you have 
took you sneaking out in the middle of the night to meet him. She has to make the choice to go to him. Right. And she actually, which we've never seen happen. Like we've never seen Tookie like purposefully go out anywhere where she's Mm -hmm. not like sleepwalking or suddenly finds herself anywhere. Like she's never purposefully like gone to a place that might get her in trouble or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And it would have been so much more exciting to have them meet in like a romantic place, like under the moonlight or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, in the middle of the night and like the tension of her maybe getting caught. And like that would have amplified sort of like the romance between them. Instead, we get this like extension of the kitchenette scene with (laughs) Zarpeza. Yeah. I also I'm sorry that there's like W there's like F one F five whatever racing. What is going on? They, they, Guys, they heard what I'm, we were talking about and they were like, not this. I totally agree with everything that you're saying. And I will say that like this scene starts and I'm filled with dread, not steaminess, nothing like that, because I just know what's about to happen between these two characters. And it, it happens almost instantaneously. Like what you were, you know, we, we sort of dread with Tyra at the, at the wheel. We sort of dread like the finger sucking and like the food pornography that she it's tends so to into. And the excuse that he makes for showing up is, oh, I hurt my hand during a photo shoot on the roof. And I came here today because I needed to have my thumb sucked. Ryan, oh, I, I screamed. Did. Like, this is the closest I've come to physically flinging the book across the room. Like, yes, I just wanted, I was ready. The Lord could have come and take me. I would have been like, fine. It's if the rapture moment. came then and there, I would have I would have volunteered. Like take yeah, me into the seriously. sky. Like I deserve to go. My jaw so dropped. Bad. And very like I'm an exaggerated person. I make a lot of exaggerated faces. I had no control <sighs> over my face at any point during this chapter. I was just like contorted in my seat with discomfort. Yeah. Reading it was this. Very, very uncomfortable. Before yeah. he says that thumb comment though, Tookie asks, like, oh, you're following me, aren't you? And then she mentions that she saw him outside of Kara 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 boat again three times in one week. And I'm like, Mm. babe, that's not following somebody. Following somebody (laughs) is if you're walking from here to the corner store and they're behind you the whole way. That's called stalking you, okay? And then (laughs) she, she does call it stalking, but it's, like, all as a joke, like... It's said in jest. It's fun and it's flirty. But but this is very Edward watches me sleep in the middle of the night and it's not creepy. It's romantic, except Mm -hmm. it is creepy. It is a lot of that. Yeah, most of this chapter sort of is tonally similar, I would say, to like the Edward Bellinus in the sense that Edward has this like infatuation with a girl that has no redeeming qualities or interesting qualities like whatsoever. Yet that appears to be why, you know, there's this like tense. I don't know. It's very, very silly. Except I think the the ingenious part of Twilight is that like, you know, you read Bella and because there's such a void of an actual character there, like you can sort of step into that sort of feels like... Um, Edward's fascinated with you, which is why I think so many people have like this like kind of adoring relationship with those books. I think it kind of starts there. Uh, right. But Tookie doesn't really allow for that, in part because this is all written in third person, limited, but also because Tookie herself is insufferable. So. She really is. And like, at least Bella has, like, she cooks dinner for her dad, right? And like, she yeah. wants to be a vampire more than anything. And yeah. like, she has like strong 
wants, even if they're super unhealthy and they all have to do with a boy. But Tookie doesn't even have that because she doesn't. It's not like she really wants to be with Bravo. It's almost like she only thinks about him when he's like in the bushes outside her dorm. And that's it. (laughs) Tookie, it's like all through the lens and like the prism of narcissism. Tookie wants to be seen and acknowledged at like a visceral level in the way that like Tyra wants Tookie to be so beloved that like all of this. And here's the example uh, comes down to just like Tookie being acknowledged for being so unique. For instance, like Bravo's like, I know all about you. And Tookie's like, well, what do you know about me? So like literally like <laughs> least sexy conversation, like list all the things you've noticed about me from afar while you're stalking me. And he goes, why do you like you me? Yeah, well, you, yeah, it's like that. He goes, you hate chocolate with a vengeance. You're always hungry. You appreciate things that aren't conventional. And she goes, correct. How do you know that? He goes, the friends you keep, the unusual flower you wear, it holds tasty things. But it's hiding something too, isn't it? I saw a piece of it when you were getting packed up at the feds. Uh, so the, what's under there? Like, talking about the stupid, like, flower brooch. But, like, it's all through the lens of, like, I notice things other people don't. Like, I really see the beauty in, like, how unique you are. Like, girl, you don't know you're beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. That yeah. logic, which sickens yeah. me. Yeah, this this whole chapter is very much you're not like other girls. And also, <laughs> I, had a little, I had a little bit of an uneasy feeling when Bravo was, like, being so curious about the brooch. Because I was yes. like, is he evil? Is something happening? So yeah, like what are you what are you hiding what are you hiding in that little yeah, like, corsage like, there? Lady? Like is the brooch something? Like I don't know. I, don't I, know. I that gave me pause. Um Yeah. So he starts telling her like he's t- starts telling her he wants her heart to be his. Yeah. And Tookie starts thinking about like why would somebody so perfect want me? And like yes. her first frame of reference is like a guy prettier than Miracle. And like right. why in the world would you think about your sister when you're thinking about the guy that you like? Like a guy who's prettier than my sister. Like yeah. that to me is kind yeah. of strange. Um, yes. <laughs> and then of course Tookie's like are you kidding me? You want me seriously? And I'm just so tired of it. Like, mm-hmm. we are on page 407. This girl has not a- gained one single solitary crumb. Not one mouse crumb. Not no. one ant crumb. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No self esteem. What happened to the whole I'm a leader? bullshit from like yeah, four chapters right. ago she was congratulating herself for the bare minimum a second ago which does take some I... sort of delusional self-esteem where where'd that go no Ugh. so bravo starts on his like he literally says tells her that she's not like other girls like literally says yeah. you're different yeah and he's trying to like he starts Basically. talking about how hard it is to be beautiful <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Basically, like, I don't know how, like, the transition here is very weird, but basically he's like, yeah, I'm into you. And I really could be into anybody because the second I open my mouth, like, girls, women, they fall over themselves trying to, like, marry me. And that's so weird because I'm really hot, but also underaged. (laughs) Yeah. That out, which is definitely like a late addition (laughs) forced in by an editor. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'm sure Tyra was like, Bravo's 37. Yeah, right. Like just um, yeah, just just like normal. So there was this one moment about him shoving his hands deep in his coat pockets, and in my head, I'm like, what's what's the weather been this whole time? Like seriously, like we don't know if it's hot, if it's cold. 
if it's raining, if it's snowing, like we just, we haven't really gotten a sense of that at all. And I just wanted to make that point. Not that it's mm-hmm. important at all. Um, <laughs> not that really anything that's ever much. happened <laughs> aside from the instrument monster is important. You sound like me being like, what's the weather? What's the climate? And I wanted to let you know <laughs> that I actually skipped over one of my notes. That is basically what you <laughs> just said. Not about weather, but... <laughs> At one point, Toki goes, my heart's beating at warp speed. And I was like, mm, warp speed. So do they have space travel in this? But like, stupid, like, does it matter? No, but it does matter. It does matter because you have to think about those things when you're world building. Like, what it matters to us. Right. It matters. Yeah. Right. But like, it also does, even if you're not overthinking it, it does take you out of the story of being in another world when you hear mm-hmm. things that don't belong. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. a casual reader, someone who's not nitpicking at it, might suddenly feel sort of like pulled out of the story without realizing why too, right. you know? Right. Um, right. So then Bravo goes on a, tells her a story. Oh God. Yeah. This was this. <laughs> oh my God. I really didn't think it could get worse. And I, at this point would accept some finger sucking over this story, <laughs> which is like, so he's basically like, can I, t- can I tell you a story? And, um, Mind you, all of this is in the realm of, like, him being, like, I'm just, like, so beautiful and, like, no one sees the real me, but, like, I feel like you do. And Toki's whole, like, line of, like, logic is that the most beautiful boy in the world is interested in her. Like, how could this be possible? And it's supposed to basically amount to, like, we're just two really interesting people and looks don't matter. But all under the, within the parameters of, we're also both crushing, like, like crushingly hot, <laughs> just in case, which sort of doesn't do the, the work that Tyra thinks it's going to do when, like, really romance is about, you know, your unique identity. It would be interesting if they weren't, like, both, like, drop-dead gorgeous, but we've learned that Bravo is. We're about to learn a lot about that. And Tookie, we suspect despite Tookie's best efforts, that she's probably also really hot. And, like, just she, you yes. know, her, her self-esteem being negative, she, she won't is, let us for see sure. it. But clearly she got picked for model land, so she's not that bad. But, yeah, any anyhow, this, oh, my God, this story, where do we start? And, actually, that's actually where probably goes, man, oh, man, where do I start? Yeah, shoves his hands deep in his coat pockets and exhales. Oh, he starts the story with a boy named... Deco, which is where we get the chapter title. Yeah. So it's basically uh, talking about a boy who is like obsessed with architecture and like, (laughs) oh, and it's like, very obviously, we know who this is from the very beginning. He's obsessed with architecture, but like, nobody will take him seriously, even though he's so talented at like architecture because he's beautiful. Yeah. Um, this so little like, boy's too hot to like, you know, for right. people to notice anything other than how hot he is. And Toki once again goes, "Oh, this sounds like miracle." Yeah, she can't stop talk, thinking about her sister. Stop <laughs> it! Like hot, yeah. Cut like, out, don't make this about that. Stop. Mm-hmm. So basically, mm-hmm. um, he just starts. He just goes on and on about how like he kept getting shut down. Like even though he was like a, a like a. Uh, you, you know like a young prodigy and he was like so good at like architecture from the time he was eight but he was so stunning that like nobody would take his plan seriously and then suddenly two of his like favorite architects ever disappeared because like on their like at the diabolical divide mm-hmm. and he they had been trying to recruit deco for testosterone for a long time and he kept saying no because he thought it was really stupid um but then when his two favorite architects went missing he was like well this is a good way for me to go find them like get like 
go to Bestosterone or whatever. Well, it was also, it was because the architects, like, he had overheard them talking about how the architecture of Model Land was so kooky, crazy, fun that they wanted to go look at it for themselves. And if you remember, like, you can't get into Model Land unless you're invited there. Right. Uh, as, like, a Bella. So, like, that's... That's why. And of course, like, the media is going crazy being like, how come these two architectures went to, like, the model land? Like, it's the first case of the Pilgrim Plague to ever be recorded in men. There's a ton of weird shit like that in this chapter. So fucking but... sexist, the fact that only women go crazy to go to model go land. Crazy. Like, fuck right. that. Right. Like, no one, can, no one can even, like, conceptualize, like, why a man would do this. And <laughs> Bravo slash Deco knows the reason, doesn't tell anybody, just simply keeps it to himself as to why these, like, two celebrities have just been killed. <laughs> and, But it does spark his interest in Model Land as, like, a place of architectural beauty, which is why he ultimately, like, enrolls in Bestosterone, I guess. Right. Like, that's his story, which is so funny because, you know, from the start, he's been like, hey, Tookie, nice to see you. Just want to remind you, I really like building. I like building yeah. stuff. Like, we've been, like, making fun of him. But as it turns out, this is his entire plot line. Yeah, he's a hot architect. Like, that's yeah. all there is to it. So, very annoyingly, he's, like, his safe way up to the mountain, dot, 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 question mark. And yeah. both of them say testosterone at the same time. And then... Bravo exhales deeply like a huge weight had lifted off his chest. Tookie touched his arm. Hi, Deco. Hi, Hi Tookie. Tookie. Oh, God. Vomit. Their Disgusting. Thing is, tomato. Not reading, tomato. Yeah, tomato. Oh, my God. We're literally Campbell's tomato soup slime timing live on top of my body. <laughs> like, just while so horrible. And, like, also, can I just say, I'm so tired of not knowing what this book thinks about anything. Like, yeah. Tyra's very obviously writing this as, like, an allegory to, like, the modeling world, which she very clearly loves on some level yeah. herself. But it's, like, all the characters in this book dismiss anything having to do with model land. And, like, that's what makes them special or important. Like, Bravo's like, oh, it's so frivolous. Like, I would never go to testosterone, but I have other intentions and, like, that's why I'm going. And, like, mm -hmm. that was Tookie's whole attitude in the beginning too. But it's like... Right. But then it's like, oh, but then Tookie ends up liking it and there are good things about Madeline and, like, she's finding her place, but it's like, the book doesn't know what it wants to say about the beauty industry. It has no idea if it yeah. wants to paint it as good or bad or even complicated. Yeah, it's just Tookie, crazy. Like, that's right. truly the point of view is, like, it's, it's yeah. crazier than you'd think. Yeah, because Tookie doesn't ever push back or give her own opinion no. against what Bravo feels or, like, we don't even see, like, her internally pushing back against it or even relating to it right so like it's very confusing like what are we supposed to think about model land at this point on aside from like there are some crazy things that happen there so yeah no i agree it is totally silly and it totally takes the like emotional weight out of like these like big confessional moments when people are like actually i'm not like other people because at no point were we under at no point do we know what other people really want because everyone else sort of feels like these like flimsy caricatures of people whatever the the story ends bravo is like you've got a hair coming out of your head let me move uh, and he like uh, like licks his thumb and like slicks with his spit her like baby hair down i don't know and tookie's like literally getting chills because of this she senses a gentle burning inside of her stomach even though her 
Bravo's hand is nowhere near her mouth. Like, she's, like, thinking about it. Um, and then Bravo's like, Tookie, I really, I really like you. Like, this feels right. Like, this feels good to me. And this line I actually liked. Tookie, this is, like, narrative. She goes, his words felt like maple syrup coursing through her veins. And it's gross. I don't really like food and this sort of intersection. But I'm like, okay, if you've got a character who's, like, food-obsessed, this is the way that you sort of add it in. Like, you know, you can do you can do that if you do it well. Good line. I liked the line, <laughs> the warmth from it felt like sweet tea pouring into her mouth. I thought that was really yeah, evocative. That's nice, too. Right, like, there are, like, you can, there are brief moments of, like, I want to call them, like a brilliance, but like of just like clarity in terms of like, oh, this is how you, how you do it. Um, but uh, then that was we probably her ghostwriter. Yeah. Then we're shut down immediately in any sense of goodness because she goes, "You make me feel like, like," and they're about to kiss. And Tookie goes, "Wait, wait!" A single tear falls down from her oh, brown down, from, eye. Her, from her brown eye. Yeah. Sorry. So there's like big tension. But we're so pacing writers sometimes, and I'll get to the line in a second. But like. You'll get pacing notes sometimes where they're like, oh, like, you know, the pacing plot-wise wasn't good. But there's also scene-level pacing where you really slow down and, like, really amp up the tension by, like, adding in, like, extra description and stuff like that. This is sort of what's going on here, right? Like, a single tear falls from her brown eye. We're like, finish the sentence, Sookie. But what she says is you make me feel like a remember girl. (laughs) 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 I can't think of anything less sexy than like a bachelor. You're about to like kiss somebody and they're like, oh my God, you make me feel like a remember girl. But like, you know, we know what that means. Bravo doesn't know what it, like no one knows what this means. And it's the equivalent of like, you know, you're about to like, like Clarabelle, you and I are about to kiss. And like, I'm like, you make me feel like a, a gobbledygoose hat. <laughs> like, just a complete nonsense. When I read that line, I read it like Joey Tribbiani's agent. You make me feel like a remember girl. Yeah. <laughs> just like a Brooklyn smoking Yeah, but bro- bro- you remember girl. You remember girl. <laughs> Bravo. It's like, really? A remember girl? What's that? Like, he's like, he's like, yeah, like, let's, let's talk about it. Oh, I just, it's terrible. Um, so he keeps t- telling her she's beautiful, beautiful. and, and yeah. Tookie refuses to accept it. She wrinkles her nose and shakes oh, her so head. Cute. Oh my god, so um, cute. And so he starts talking about how he wants his first, her first time to be with him, and then she's like, slow down, and he's like, oh no, I meant your first kiss. Yeah. Yes. So. Didn't they kiss before? Am I? I thought. Yeah. I thought that there was a kiss. She was like, "It doesn't count. It doesn't count." Because like she was like, "Oh, you know. Oh my God. They kissed because they did kiss because they were in the ER with her lip half falling off. So they had like a bloody makeout session. Do you remember this? Yeah. When she got her like stitched up and they like kissed. That was yeah. That was that was actually her first kiss and that was horrible. And she doesn't remember it because she was on drugs and then sleepwalked into like a skyscraper. Amazing. Second chapter later. But I also want to highlight one thing because it might be my thorn later. Bravo tells her, you deserve someone who will treat you like the unique princess you are. And that's me. Tookie, I don't want anybody else to have you. So like this is where we get like the possession. The like, like the, you know, regal, like you're a princess, my princess. Like this kind of language drives me crazy. Especially coming out of like teen mouths in, yeah. in this sort of context but yeah anyhow so he's like i want to ki- i want to kiss you uh and <laughs> Tookie has like this this internal monologue where she goes he wants to be my first me 
the expando mode six-headed forget a girl is he sight impaired he look he's looking right at me close up oh god i promised myself to theophilus have you no loyalty Toki? and then the next line girl, is, he doesn't he thinks you're dead like yeah like no idea who you are so Toki has this like whole thing and like the next line is then then Toki calmed down and the scene just like moves <laughs> on <laughs> Tookie popped a Percocet, and it's yeah, right. fine. Like, seriously, we've heard Theopolis's name maybe, like, four times in this whole yeah, book. Like, right. he's not important. Like, stop trying to make it happen. Um, yeah. So. Also, I would be curious to hear how she talks herself down from, like, this guilt, right? Like, that's actually the interesting part. If a character has reservations about something, we know their fears. Like, we know about, like, the Theophilus thing. We don't believe it, but we know that that's, like, her hang-up. What we're interested in as a reader, Tyra, is learning how she rationalizes, like, going back on her word, her loyalty, and ends up getting with this guy. That's the interesting part of, like, the characterization. And she has every reason to calm down because they've talked all of twice in her whole life. Right. He's Zarpaz's boyfriend. They haven't seen each other in months. They were never together in the first Pick place. A reason, and Tyra. she seems to really have feelings for this fucking Deco guy. Yes. Deco slash Bravo. Yeah. She calms down and goes, "You can be my first. And he's like, "Oh, I feel like a charity case." Like, because you know, in his mind, Tookie's the most sought after girl in the school, right? Um, and she's like, no, no, I really want it. I really want it. Like, be my first. Really? Really? (laughs) And then she goes, literally. what about the being my girlfriend part? Being my, um, my lady? (laughs) I, like, this has to be a parody. This has to be a joke. I hope we get to the last page and Tyra's like, you dumb fucks. Gotcha. Serious. (laughs) Yeah. My lady. Wow. Not my, my lady. lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there's the worst line of the chapter. Oh, God. Oh, I can't no. believe I'm about to say this, but I can't wait to lose my lip virginity to you. Oh, God. God. Why, why did we start this podcast? Why did we pick this book? Everything. I regret meeting you. Like I regret it all. Oh God! If I could, so much good stuff has happened for both of us in the last year. But if I could take it back to to unread (laughs) this virginity, I've heard some crazy shit in my life, but never lip virginity. And I've written some crazy shit. Yeah, no, it's all it's all here. And so she she's about to give up her lip virginity. Uh, and she's like, I guess so. Um, and then there's like, I don't know what this is. I think Tyra like really was like, I'm going to write like the next great like piece on virginity in the loss of it. Cause we've got like Tyra talking to herself about like through these characters, for instance, she's like, I've always wondered, will people know afterwards? Will they be able to tell that I've like done it? And like, you know, Bravo's like, no, they won't like, and it's sort of starting to be a conversation about like actual <laughs> Virginity right. and the real right. thoughts that people have when they're considering making this choice, all of this stuff. But it's through like kissing, and it's so naive that I think it's meant to be like precious. It's just kind of nauseating instead. And yeah. I think it's just because I, I find it hard to believe that. I mean, it's it's again Tookie being like, "Who me, little baby Tookie?" Like it's very that, and I'm like, oh, I'm not buying a girl. 
Yeah, and so they're they're making plans to like meet somewhere to have their first kiss, which is like, oh yeah, it's not now. It's gonna be that's later. So ridiculous! Wouldn't why wouldn't they just kiss in this moment? You just set this whole thing up. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, we find guess, out the reason where. behind all, this entire chapter and like everything that just happened, which is that once again, Tookie is handed the crucial piece of information that we've been yeah. waiting for. Like, I cannot be more frustrated. This this bitch hasn't done one thing. She no. has just she just really hasn't. Like, well, tell tell us what the info is. What is what does he does he tell her? So so Tookie's like, where are we gonna meet? And Bravo says, um, I'll sweep you away where no one at Modeland can see us. We'll go on a magical ride down a secret zip zap that we hid under the new Seven Stadium <laughs> and land in the most beautiful fountain in Ladorno. Yeah, and it's just like. Oh, so the thing that they've been, like, waiting to have happen to them had to come mm-hmm. in the form of, like, Bravo mm-hmm. saving Tookie this way. And it's, like, why not make Tookie figure out on her own the fact that this guy who really likes her yeah. has been building all around Model Land. He probably knows something right. about it. Why not have her struggle with sort of, like the consequences of possibly telling him and yep. trust him enough to t- to ask him that right. could have been really intriguing and good yeah. especially if he does turn out to be bad in the end like that would have been so great like she finally opened up to somebody this person who's never gotten affection at home and who probably has a really hard time um mm-hmm. trusting people and opening up to to love and to someone caring for them and yeah. no, instead he just says, yeah, that's where we're going to meet for our first kiss. The place that conveniently is what you've is, been looking for for weeks. Right. Exactly. Like we've got the way out too easy and now we're being led to the way out too easy. And Tara's consolidating plot points just to make it simpler for her. We've got 11 chapters left. She's got to combine these things in such a way. Yeah. And yeah. So, so the, the zip zap, we now know where the location is. They're going to go kiss there and, Bravo says that, like, oh, I want to go during Man Attack tomorrow. And this might have been, like, mentioned previously. I, like, don't quite remember, like, the specifics of it. All we really need to know is basically Man Attack is this, like, co-ed competition between, like, Bestosterone Boys and Bella Girls that, like, reveal their powers. And so it's going to be a crazy kaleidoscopic scene, I think, in, in this book. But just quick things to note before we speed through this testosterone boys don't typically have powers but if they do they show up during this so red flag like probably bravo is going to have some sort of power uh and also tookie is a competitor in this like she's no like he's like i know you're competing i'm like did we know <laughs> does tookie we know that she, i don't think we knew that tookie was competing and he's like yeah the whole school will be there like this is our chance to like sneak away and get to get to our zip zap and so I was sort of wondering what the finality of the book was going to be. This is it. Like, it's going to yeah. be, like, this, like, Hunger Games-ish model land, like, walk-off. Tookie's going to, like, demonstrate some cool power. So is Deco slash Bravo. And it's all going to culminate with them trying to escape in a zip-zap that has a 50-50% survival rate. So so they're there. They're, like, they're talking, whatever. And suddenly CL appears, of course. And then the oh, Oika... Before, before that, before that... Uh, Tookie does have this moment where she's like, wait, that's our escape plan. Can you show it to me soon? And he's like, why not tomorrow? And she's like, show it to me tonight. 
Because so there is this moment where Tookie, like, maybe is going to use this information. She actually does have a moment where she's like, am I really going to, like, he's so into me and I'm just like, using him for this. So there's, like, a, there's a pause. She basically goes, he deserved honesty in return. And she goes to tell him, like, hey, like, I actually want to tell you what my plan is, which I actually don't love. I would love her actually leaning into, like, the deceit and making the choice to deceive him because it's going to save her life. But instead she's like, ah, oh, shit, wait, hold on. Let me just tell you this thing. And then CL shows up to, like, yeah. interrupt their conversation, which is, an, it's, again, it's interrupting Tookie's, like, opportunity for agency. Because, again, things just happen to her. So she right. can't be blamed for this deceit. She's pristine in this scenario because she, again, stays silent, which is a consistent the way that Tookie wins in Model Land consistently is by doing jack shit. And this is another instance where she doesn't actually have to lie because she's interrupted. Yeah. So anyhow, CL, yeah. CL, CL shows up. Take it away. And um, the Unicas tumbled in after her, which is like one of our big gripes that like everyone always has to be there at all times. Yeah. And I realize Model Land is a stage play. Yes. Like, the way that everything is laid out, it's like a play. Like yeah. even... The, with no exits. Everybody's right. like on scene at all the times. The set, when you think about what Tookie's house looked like, it was like, yeah. remember I kept describing it as sort of like this round area with like just a lot of doors and you were close right. to every room at the same time. Saturday, it, did, it was like the Saturday yeah, Night Live set. Yeah, yeah um, I was like, oh, this is a stage play. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, so CL's screaming and she's like, do you know what happens to girls like you who break the rules? Do you know how much I want to kill you right now? Hasn't CL been breaking the rules this entire time? Like, what is the truth? Like, well, I think that's the point, is that she's saying, like, don't end up like me, but Tookie's hearing, like, I'm going to kill you because you're breaking the rules. I think that this is, like, supposed to be a two-sided thing, where, like, CL's like, I'm trying to save you, and Tookie's hearing, like, I'm going to, you're going to That's a really me. weird way to show concern for somebody. Like, though, like, oh, I don't want you to end up, like me do you know how much i want to kill you right <laughs> yeah, well, and any sort of goodwill that cl might have had in this moment is uh sort of scattered because she raises her arms into the air and fabric covered in fire shoots from her fingertips yeah so suddenly literally... we're in like this battle scene <laughs> yeah she like casts a spell blows up like the dorm and everyone's i love the line everyone screamed <laughs> Oh my god. Um, so like CL's face is morphing into like all the different gurus and then the um to Chase and Zarpezas and then to the um lesbian pouch girls. There's steam literally coming from her nostrils. That's not scary, that's funny. Um <laughs> yeah. so the girls are backed into a corner. Where's Bravo this whole time? Isn't he strong? Like He's gone. He he, he vanishes. In this, so, he's like the one character not present. So then Tookie's like, this is it. She's going to kill us all. But then someone calls CL's name and it's uh, Persimmon. Who's like and, the assistant to the Belladonna. Right. Um, And she like pulls CL away. And CL's like, I should burn you alive. <laughs> and then Tookie thinks over my dead body. And that's the end of this <laughs> what stupid the chapter. What the fuck? Uh. Oh God. Okay. So, <laughs> Rose. Um, Rose. Do you have any roses? Do you have any thorns? Um, my thorn is the thumb stuff. Like, listen, if you are an adult who has a fetish for something, your young adult book is not the place to put it into. Like, mm -hmm. it is very, very obvious that 
Tyra has a food and like finger and hand fetish and it is Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable (laughs) it is very uncomfortable this book is getting banned not just in texas but literally (laughs) universally it is it is very uncomfortable to read that is definitely my thorn i don't know what my rose would be i guess that one line about the tea being spilled in her mouth that was like one thing it's a good like yeah hey we're we're writers we're here to congratulate um, evocative writing. I think evocative, the word you used was perfect for that. Yeah. I think my, my thorn has got to be the milady. Like, oh, that, that really, was like, bad. I was already in, like, I was in full body contractions during this, but then the milady thing, like, I shattered apart. Like, I truly, like, yeah. burst into a million pieces. Yeah, that was Because I was, was like, bad. just not this, like, anything but this, and... I really, I, you know, I was already past my limit and that really put me into overdrive. And then I think if I have to have a rose, I'll admit that like, I'm getting excited for the finale of this. Like, I do appreciate that Tyra is trying to sort of consolidate strands because something that I really love in especially like fantasy is when, uh, like any sort of adventure novel is when like, oh my God, like the final kiss, like, and the escape, like they sort of have to have, like, that's why I was saying for this scene, it would have been cool if like this scene was sort of happening during an escape attempt because it pressurizes it. And I'm, I'm kind of thankful that like, well, the book's ending, but also that like these things are going to be merged into kind of one like big set piece towards the end of the novel. And I, I'll admit like, you know, we're, we're at the eve of what apparently is going to be like sort of the big escape. And I'm personally just like looking like, you know, I know that it's going to be a smorgasbord of like kooky bullshit. And yeah, at this point, like I'm ready for it. I'm excited about it. And I just can't wait because I know that like Tyra's going to like totally upend my expectations anyways. Cause she's going to do something kind of wacky. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of excited for what comes next. I'm I'm very sad for you because I feel like you're gonna get zero <laughs> satisfaction. Like I feel like she's not gonna answer the majority of our questions, and we're just no. gonna be left hanging. It's yeah. gonna be a hot mess. But I, I think your faith in her is cute. It's gonna be entertaining. <laughs> okay, Patronize me much. It look. I guess what I mean is, at minimum, it's going to be entertaining. Like, I, I am ready to be... Like, it's going to be entertaining right. the way that, like, you go to, like, uh, uh, your child's, like, recital at the school play, and they start in, like, hundreds of different keys playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and it, like, sh- it turns into shant. Like, that's the kind of, like, joy I get out of, like, these big moments in Model Land yeah. now. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm just excited for it to end. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you, all of you, for for tuning in. We are nearing the end of Model Land. So we've got only, like, probably... We have, like, 11-ish chapters left, so only a few more episodes to go. And then we will be on to our Season 2. So stay tuned for more news about kind of what we're going to be doing in our Season 2. We've already started some planning around it. Yeah. Uh, a few people have started guessing in Discord. Oh, which is a good reminder. Check the show notes for the link to our Discord. Let us know what moments you enjoy. Let us know what questions you have because there's nothing that we can possibly do to explain everything that comes up in the chapters. And in general, it's just a fun place to chat. It was, uh, it was nice to sort of have people to chat with us like past weekend when I was super busy. And um, I'm actually even thinking about putting together a little like 
America's Next Top Model watchathon. So stay tuned Ooh, for that. That's and, fun. Uh, I know. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I guess we'll do a quick plug for socials, and then we'll we'll let you get back to bed, Claire. Well, you've been such a good sport. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you could just like edit out all the times I sniffled my nose, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I will you... do my best. <laughs> If you want to follow me, Clarabelle, on social media, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And make sure to go pick up my book, Witchlings, which has been Woo. on the New York Times bestseller list for a whole month. One as of month. Today. Yes. Yes, that is so such a big exciting. deal. I know. That's incredible. So happy. That's amazing. That's I'm so fucking proud of you. You oh, know I'm proud of you. you but Totally, yes. Keep up the enthusiasm. Go pick up your copy of Witchlings. Uh, and if you want to support me, Ryan, uh, The Honeys is my next book. It's going to be out in August, so you can pre-order it. Also, I just announced today that all of my books are being translated into Portuguese, and they're going to be Woo! published in Brazil. Yes! <laughs> I'm so excited. So, so if, that, cool. if that's where you are, uh, keep, keep an eye out. They're going to be... Um, there's going to be more news soon. One of them will be published in this calendar year with the rest following. And uh, yeah, follow me on social media. I am the Ryan Lasala on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to follow the podcast on anchor.fm. We are Bad Author Book Club. That's where all of our other episodes are. Twitter, we're Bad Author Pod. Instagram, we are Bad Author Book Club. And you can find us online at badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. Come. We Thank love you, you Hawk Queen. See you next week. Biggest Bye. kisses.